The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber, who are back. Uh, four weeks of gains for the S&P and futures do point to another good start here amid op- optimism on COVID vaccines and treatments. Morgan Stanley upping Apple to a street high 520 and the stock's not far away. That's where our roadmap's going to begin. Wall Street looking to build on another record-setting week. Futures do point to a strong rally at the open. Plus cor- coronavirus developments as new U.S. cases do continue to decline. The FDA gives the go-ahead for plasma use in hospitalized patients. And the White House is considering a potential vaccine fast track. And tech on a tear. Shares of Apple up nearly 75% this year ahead of its four-for-one stock split today. Jim, we got all that to handle, plus Jackson Hole this week, the RNC, a couple tropical storms in the Gulf, and a lot more. Not a sleepy August. No, it should be a sleepy August. It's not. Remember, August is supposed to be a down month, but it's not. Uh, then people just say, well, wait a second, 70% of the market didn't do well last week. I always find those kinds of things as fatuous. Why? Because what happens to 70% of the market does well this week? You, you don't have a, a bunch of, a, uh, of anything to hang the hat on. Look, I think that when you look at a Katie piece, which is the big Apple uh, price target increase basically to where the stock is, you realize, wait a second, she's the first. But will everyone have to follow? Almost every price target is below where the stock is. A lot of people feel it's just enthusiasm for the uh, stock split. Of course, that's a pro- that is part of it. I know sco- stock splits mean nothing, but they excite people. But more of the uh, upgrade is, is that it's, she thinks it's a consumer packaged good tech company. And if that's the case, why shouldn't it sell 28 times earnings? It's got this, it's got better growth than Procter and Gamble. So I like the piece. It's good to see David here. But David, you know, there have been animal spirits all last week in a few stocks. And you come back. Do you just say, wait a second, this has now gotten absurd? Well, you know, I mean, a feature of this market that we've been discussing now, guys, for well, it's been many months, hasn't it, at, at this point, is the entrance of what we called and you've dubbed sort of the Robin Hood trader, hmm. for lack of a better term, Jim, but a sort of a speculative nature of a participation broadening, which is a good thing from retail investors. I bring it up, Jim, because on Friday, you know, there were a lot of these Robin Hood traders buying same day options. Now, I know that happens sometimes. They are all, obviously it's a lot cheaper to buy an option for whatever it might have been same day than it is to buy a 500 plus dollar stock or let's call it 490 or whatever it may have been on at that given moment. But that volume was enormous, Jim, uh, in those in those options. Uh, and it just makes you wonder, I mean, why was Apple up five and a half, six percent on Friday? There were no fundamental reasons behind that, were there? Getting closer to the split? I don't know. No, there are no fundamental reasons. Uh, 
I mean, there's this new argument coming about that it's very attenuated. If Biden wins as president, then China will no longer be our sworn enemy. And then there's another one which just says that if this WeChat situation explodes, it won't explode in China. So don't worry about sales there. Katie Huberty picks up on that. But you know what? This is just, uh, yeah, I'm not going to say it's greater fool, but I am saying that there's a level of enthusiasm for a couple of stocks that is hard to maintain, but we've never had anything like Robinhood. Even during the E-Trade explosion in the late 90s, it's also very under, underplayed. Why? Because it's kind of, they're silent. Uh, and uh, Carl, Robinhood is something we're not used to. 13 million strong of young people who are using whatever money they have to speculate. I've never seen it before. Uh, most of the people who do non-Robinhood are index players. So it is something that none of us has ever seen, and let's not deny it. Let's not deny that they have no clout, which is what I keep hearing from the graybeards. Yeah. They're just wrong. Well, there's also, Jim, the, the more fundamental story of how COVID has changed our reliance on tech. Again, like throwing a huge rock into a pond. We're seeing ripple effects all in all sorts of different directions. And it's, it makes it hard for you and all of us to separate uh, legitimate enthusiasm from froth, right? Yeah, I mean, look, the, Apple's never been part of the enterprise. But if you take it home, uh, you're going to use Apple. Why? Because there's always been a kind of an undercurrent of rebellion against HP and Dell. I mean... You know, I, I have an HP in my, I happen to like it very much. It's got a touchscreen. And my kid said, Dad, you, you got to upgrade. What is that computer in 1999, 2000? Of course, it's about five days old. Uh, there is a, a tremendous belief that Apple is a huge winner. Also, of course, the App Store, which Katie Huberty praises, has been terrific. Yes, it's one of the core winners. And I think that there are many, many losers and a few winners, and the money's going to them. And David, what, yeah. what the hell's wrong with that? I mean, what are you going to do? You want to go buy um, American cinema? What do you want to go? You want to buy Marriott? <laughs> go ahead. I'll give you Marriott. So when you uh, take your kid up to college, you get, oh, that's right. That doesn't happen anymore, does it? No, you don't stay. You get an hour for drop-off yeah. and goodbyes, yeah. and they go off, get tested. And hopefully they're not coming back for a little while. And well, unfortunately for many colleges, that has not been the case. Um, but back to Apple, Jim, what about the, you know, I continue to wonder about the risk of China. Um, we talk about it all the time, of course, the escalating tensions between the two countries, the importance of China to Apple's overall business. But just take something like the App Store, where they're getting pushed back here in the United States. There are a lot of Chinese app makers that are also paying the 30% toll to a U.S. company. You know, you do wonder, Jim, it's at what point the Chinese government may try to crack down on that. Well, but against that, you're getting this new theme that Huawei is hobbled by what President Trump has done, making it so that actually uh, Apple's doing better in China than it should. Now, that is something that that's a new new rap. It's kind of an aggressive rap, I think. But uh, as someone who has said own Apple, uh, don't trade it, which has been vindicated by the stock price, obviously, uh, I always have to worry about China because the Communist Party is, is very mercurial. Uh, some people feel that the Communist Party at any given moment is going to shut this one down or Nike. And yet Nike and Apple are two of the greatest performers, in part because there's this shortened cover, shortened cover, shortened cover by people in the hedge fund community who have been overrun by Robin Hooders. You know, Robin Hood truly is a take from the rich hedge funds and redistribute to the poor. Right. Uh, Carl, it is uh, it, it's an apt name to call it Robin Hood because it's, it's certainly not Lenin. It's more Robin Hood. <laughs> yep. 
I don't think the name was a, a coincidence by any means. No. Meantime, you guys mentioned uh, TikTok. Of course, a uh, company did give a statement to CNN saying they're going to sue, try to fight back on that EO. We got the journal today talking about Mark Zuckerberg uh, reportedly warning the administration about TikTok in prior meetings. And then Peter Navarro on Squawk this morning arguing that Zuckerberg's influence has basically zero impact on decision making in the White House. Here's what he said. What the president is doing is not really about TikTok. It's about TikTok and WeChat and all of these other Chinese software companies that are able to collect data on American citizens, ship it over the Chinese servers, and then share it with the Communist Party and the People's Liberation Army. So, I, you know, I, I, I'm always amazed how some of these stories uh, pop up, uh, but that one, uh, for me, um, has zero credibility because I know that... Uh, he had nothing to do with anything that happened here in the White House. Jimmy well, did say it was encouraging to have Oracle step in. Yes, I do think that uh, Safra Katz, Larry Ellison, uh, very close to the president, very close to Kushner. Uh, I know that I thought this was an unfortunate story from the point of view that that uh, there has been consistent, consistent uh, position taking by Zuckerberg that this company TikTok has to be uh, separated from its connection to ByteDance in China. Uh, and, and if Microsoft runs the operations, it's good. But those who are close to him have asked about other companies, and it, he's concerned that they don't have the code capabilities. I think that having the code capabilities, it, it, it really only a handful of companies can do it. And one is Oracle. Now, Oracle is business to business. A lot of people feel, what the hell would Oracle be doing with this? I disagree with that. I think Oracle is sick and tired of being business to business. I think Oracle, under the late Mark Hurd and on Safra Katz, has been saying over and over again, just try us. We've got the best cloud. We really know what we're doing. David, you know yeah. Oracle is feisty. They and are. They would like this. They are. Uh, listen, I was, you know, chasing uh, prior to my week off last week. I uh, want to get back to it because I think it's going to be important to see if we can update people in terms of the progress of ByteDance's negotiations to sell TikTok. Now, Microsoft, by everything I had heard, uh, including the possibility of a company such as Oracle entering the fray, was still in the lead, simply had more time on due diligence. Uh, and again, you know, I made this point many times, guys, but it is worth emphasizing. Oracle is one of those companies, one of very few that actually is in a position to take the code over, to um, meet that year timeline that is out there in terms of their ability to actually uh, move it to the U.S., move it to their all their engineers and separate it completely from ByteDance, from all those engineers that they have in China, 10,000 or so. I mean, so many of them, those 15 million lines of code. Remember, this is the key to TikTok's success, getting back to the product itself, is its ability to reiterate itself, change quickly, and get Kids, typically, but a lot of people so focused on it because it 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 takes uh, all sorts of different data, including data that's not necessarily front and center and constantly iterates the app for you to give you what you potentially want or, or at least thinks. And so it's going to be key for either one of these companies to be able to port over that. They get one year to sort of keep making the changes that the Chinese are going to be making. Mm. Then it's got to be all theirs. And then there's right. a question of interoperability around the world because, of course, this is a global 
uh, a global product. But I'm, I'm understand that's less of a challenge than right. it's that simple challenge. Well, but we got to update everybody on where things stand. If you're ByteDance, by the way, great news, yeah. right? You want you have to have another potential bidder in there to get anywhere near what you think is the actual value. For Absolutely, the asset. David. I'm glad you mentioned that. We broke this story last week. Of course, other people attribute to the New York Times. David, you're no stranger to the idea of breaking a story and then have the New York Times do it. So I'm going to do another uh, attempt. Please. There is a 20 percent, 80 percent game being played right now. Oracle puts up 20 percent and a series of private equity uh, companies that we're all familiar with put up 80%. And that is going to be the, the deal that is not just a stalking horse, but is real. And David, you know what's going to happen? When the Times breaks that story, we are all going to be talking about it. And I love that. Oh, yeah, I love I, I that because that. you know what? I'm Jimmy Chill. Yeah, you're and Jimmy I Chill. Share. Always drove me insane when nah, I break the story. Jimmy Chill says, let then, the Times have the and scoop. Then, it didn't happen as often. Back in the day, yeah. Oh, I mean, on, unfortunately, <laughs> I'm not breaking them as often. But yeah, you can, I'm just reading through some of the That's notes true, that I've taken here uh, in terms of migrating the code base during a period of time when you need to and, and everything else that's of, of importance. We'll see if there's another better. You know, I'd heard there were two and a half, Jim. That's the way it was said to me. Now, maybe that's the uh, half is Twitter. But right. I think we can assume based on, again, on what you're saying and what I've been hearing as well. Microsoft, Oracle, perhaps Twitter, at least sort of there. Not No others showed no, up. No um, others. And then the question also becomes one of timing, Carl. You know, we've got different executive orders. There was the one issued August 6th, which would have indicated 45 days after the order for a sale. That would get you to basically September 3rd, 20th, although Microsoft had sort of said they, you know, they were looking at September 15th. Uh, but then you had the August 14th executive order, the one that also dealt with WeChat, remember, that said it was a 90-day deadline. That would take you to November 12th. So you may have a little longer here uh, than uh, previously had been the case uh, in, terms of, um, in terms of the timeline for them to actually figure this thing out and try to find a buyer for that. And, David, asset. you know the White House favors it in part. Remember, the, they've been con- – I think Safra Katz has convinced them in, in her foray. Uh, I also think that I think it's important to point out, as the Times will, that it's a, a Republican bid, so to speak. So I want to give the Times that heads up so they can qualify it as that. What do you yeah. think? Yeah. But, you know, Jim, it's funny. If that, if that, that is the case. That's going to be like the If that is lead. the case, though, and I'm not sure that's got a little more hair on it, that bid. I mean, I want a pure bid potentially from Microsoft that's all cash, that's one buyer, right, no I'll private equity firms involved, no other relationships. You know, I can vet them. They've already been vetted. I don't know. It just adds when you add more potential buyers right. in a group. It increases the level of complexity. And how about the president saying he wants a VIG here? Do we have any feel on what no, he that, wants there? That, I mean, I had heard consistently that any negotiations that have taken place since he mentioned that that one time never have included any conversations whatsoever of some sort of compensation okay. to the U.S. or the Treasury. And, Carl, I, I can tell you um, without a doubt that the people who are doing that 2080 bid that I mentioned, they'd be thrill- thrilled with Microsoft paying more. And Microsoft, by the way, uh, I don't know whether Peter Navarro is really focused on it as much. He did mention that Microsoft does have some the Chinese Communist Party has some leverage over Microsoft. But if you can separate out uh, everything right. from ByteDance and get away from their algorithm, then so what? Right. I mean, if Oracle's including the current owners, right, so if they're somehow rolling in, yes, I guess exactly it's a different right, story. David. So it's Sequoia, uh, it's obviously General Atlantic, it's Co2. If they you know, are able to somehow take their interest out of ByteDance and roll it into a new TikTok US, New Zealand, Australia, Canada... I don't know. It gets complicated, though. Yeah, but it's a big story. Yeah, we're following it again. We're back. Yeah, uh, he's always. Meanwhile, he's Facebook's never leaves. trying to do their thing. Yeah, as as Jeffrey goes to three ten and uh, City goes to three fifteen on Facebook. Take a break here. A lot of upgrades to get to, including uh, Estee Lauder and Deer today. There's a new bull case on Tesla. We'll talk about uh, Katie Huberty's note on Apple, and of course, 
uh, nominee Biden on taxes when we come back. Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones, from powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY, a big idea that inspired the world to invest differently and still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. I will raise taxes for anybody making over $400,000. Let me tell you why I'm going to do it. It's about time they start paying a fair share of the economic responsibility we have. The very wealthy should pay a fair share. Corporations should pay a fair share. The fact is there are corporations making close to a trillion dollars that pay no tax at all. I'm not punishing anybody. This is about everybody paying their fair share. So no new taxes, $400,000 no in No new taxes. There would be no need for any. And is it smart to tax businesses while you're trying to recover? It's smart to tax businesses that, in fact, are making excessive amounts of money and paying no taxes. But where is the cutoff? You talk about small businesses. Will you be raising taxes uh, on small no, businesses no, in the recovery? You're crazy. talking about... Look, you have 90% of the businesses out there are mom and pop businesses that are out there that are make that employ less than 50 people. There'll be no raising taxes them. We have to provide them with the ability to reopen. We have to provide more help for them, not less help. That's Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden on ABC last night talking about taxes. Jim also commenting on the degree to which he would be willing to shut down the economy again if his science advisor said to do so. Yeah, um, I, I think that that was a surprise because we've seen a tremendous drop off in business uh, when we've done that, unless we use masks and, and social distancing. And I was surprised that there wasn't more of an endorsement of that. The, the, the candidate seems to be very pro mass from what I can tell. As far as the taxes, I don't think anyone expects any different. I did believe that this was just going to be a chance to like take capital gains taxes up big. And I think that there is uh, there are huge profits being made by corporations. But the idea was, was that they would be hiring. And it's funny, the big companies that make huge profits are hiring. That's part of the conundrum of, uh, of this economy. I mean, Walmart, are they providing more jobs than anybody? They're a huge number of jobs. You, you, you get to see a tremendous number of jobs being created by Amazon. David, we know the Amazon jobs. They may not be the, the single best jobs in the world, but if a company like Amazon is making a lot of money, a company like Apple's making a lot of money, they've actually been decent citizens. Yeah, listen, they have they always manage to uh, mini- minimize their tax bill as as you'd expect them potentially right. to do. And they are in the crosshairs as a result. I mean, Apple more so remember Ireland, of course, moving what intellectual property there. It, they always have by far the smartest tax attorneys and the ability to figure out ways completely legally, of course, to 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 minimize uh, what they pay. Uh, Amazon has been. Very good at that for a long period of time, but there's no doubt the number of jobs that they're adding, to your point, Jim, is incredible. I think we remarked on it during that last quarter. I'd never seen a number like that. Most of those were warehouse jobs, but we also know they are continuing to expand in terms of their corporate uh, corporate level, even in New York City. Imagine that, Carl, actually adding some jobs in New York City, not nearly the 25,000 conceivably that would have come with an actual headquarters there, but New York will take what it can get, right? 
I was just making a list, David, of um, Amazon adding the 2,000 corporate jobs in, in New York, Facebook leasing the additional 700,000 square feet. Tiffany today is going to be renovating its Fifth Avenue flagship. And, and Jim, I'm sure you've read the Jerry Seinfeld op-ed <laughs> in the Times today about basically tearing James Altucher apart. Uh, and any argument that New York is somehow dead. Yeah, I'll tell you, an old Freddie, help me start the street.com. And the piece was devastating. There's a devastating piece about how with Zoom, he can't come back, basically, It'd be the shorthand versus the cholera epidemics of the early 1800s. Altucher is fantastic, okay? But Jerry, I, I, Jerry's rebuttal is, I think, true. It always comes back. Why? Because it's where people want to congregate and be. I do think, look, a vaccine. I know it's overdone, but even an antibody, we will be able to solve this situation. We'll be able to have bars and restaurants. That's the last frontier. I think those will happen eventually, but not if it goes airborne this fall. That's the big worry that Altucher has in his pocket if this happens. Right. He never mentioned Altucher. Did you see that? Jer never mentioned Altucher. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. No, never said the name. Never said the name, although it gave a link to his post. Yes, um, we'll talk true. about AstraZeneca and Moderna and covalescent plasma when Squawk on the Street continues. Don't go away on this Monday. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Futures are green amid optimism on uh, COVID treatments. Apple set to open at 512 and Tesla set to open at 2123 as we keep our eyes locked on those two names. Back in a minute. Let's get to it. A mad dash, and I don't have to throw it far, just about 30 feet or so. I know you got a good arm, David. Your boy's got a better one. All right, here we go. (laughs) Is there a day that we don't talk about Tesla? When you get together these days with people who are seasoned traders, they are saying, all right, come on. It was at 200, now it's 2,000. You've got to get rid of the stock. Don't you have to sell it? Well, this morning, Wedbush lays out the case for 3,500, which is the bull case based on battery day, September 22nd. This is the so-called million-mile battery, which sucks you have to question whether you'd ever want a new Tesla if you got a battery that you never have to change. And then the other thing, David, China. Linchpin of success, China. I don't know, Dave, 300 billion, 400 billion, yeah. I don't know, 500 billion. 500 billion. Maybe it's, it's a technology company. I mean, maybe it well, should be valued more than Nvidia. It's certainly going to have to be something other than an auto company. We've talked about that many, many times, Jim, and clearly the market believes that if you want to really try and say that there's any reflection of actual fundamental value over time here. Uh, what do you do with the stock? I know you're a believer in, in a broader sense. Yes, I am. In a broader sense, you are. But, you know, a $382 billion market value at the beginning of trading today. By far, I mean, not even close in terms of the largest market cap for any automaker on the planet times two at this point. Well, I mean, maybe you just strategically decide to sell some ahead of the September 22nd uh, battery day just in case the million 
mile battery doesn't come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think that, look, I recommend the stock at 260. And if you're following, I mean, all my discipline says you got to take the 260 off the table. Uh, at the same time, I, this is the greatest momentum story ever told. So I'm sure that the people who are in it even hate the idea of taking out their basis. And yet there isn't any book or study I've ever read that says you shouldn't take out your basis because you want to play with the house's money. There's more house's money riding here than anything. Is it substantive? Well, again, if you believe in Elon, then you believe that they can make 20 million cars and a 20 million car company is indeed worth this price. But David, I don't know. 20 million cars requires a lot of factory space and building a lot of places. And I think that requires, uh, let's just say something that's going to take a long time. Yeah. Carl, when I hear that and, uh, you know, uh, Jim saying uh, momentum story. What did you just say about momentum? You said it was the greatest momentum momentum story of all time, time. right? I think it is. Carl, I mean, it is reminiscent of the late 90s in some ways in some of these names as we watch a lot of the green on that real-time exchange back here. you think it's in first base, then? First to be a trillion? (laughs) Nothing like this one. (laughs) Yep. Well, Qualcomm at 1,000. Uh, Walt Pysik uh, seems Walt tame Pysik. by comparison, uh, guys. Yeah. What it, to yep. me, it, there's, uh, uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> there's the opening bell. Uh, thir- Carl, 34, 24, guys. They're yeah. going nuts. Yeah, at the open. By oh the way, my. just as a coda on Tesla, um, there's, a, there's a headline on the wire right now that Ford, Jim, is uh, going to build a new Michigan facility to produce the electric F-150. So we're going to we're going to be hearing this running theme of the encroaching competition, distant though it may be. Yeah. I mean, look, I think ultimately one of the exciting things I've heard is there is competition. Uh, I had a company called Lindy on. The stock is exploding today. L.I.N. Hydrogen. Hydrogen, the cleanest gas, uh, gaseous product. Uh, Dave, I don't know if you followed the hydrogen yep. versus EV. A little but bit. obviously a hydrogen car gets away from coal-based. We have a coal-based system still. Well, we have more natural gas-based system when you plug in. Yes. Uh, but this hydrogen versus EV is going to be something that Robin Hood debates forever. Um, well, and then that brings up Nikola, which we've talked about, I'm which is hydrogen-based uh, in terms of the trucks. There's also Rivian, right, which has got some SUV, Jim, that, uh, that at some yes. point they're going to be bringing out. I mean, there is going to be real competition, although when it comes to the, to the major auto manufacturers that we've had all our lives, whenever they seem to introduce something, doesn't seem to – market doesn't care. No. No, and RBC, and of course, you know, I, I, I'm seeing notes. Here, here, let's look at it this way. The, the Ford 150 is selling out, Okay. And uh, the Broncos coming back. They are actually with the new CEO, whom I think is just a, a huge amount of fun, Farley. And I say fun. I mean, like he loves cars. The other guy loved um, uh, De- desk. Uh, he desk loved uh, office uh, furniture. No, uh, yeah, well, uh, more cabinets. He liked cabinets. office cabinets. The cabinets. Met, you know, the, the, the cabinets. Well, cabinet. I mean, maybe you put your I don't know your Ford registration in a cabinet. There was some. I don't know. There's not a lot of interchange there. But I do think that no one cares. And the reason that's like, remember the all last week they were floating that story about GM spinning off its EV? I mean, give me a break. I mean, just keep pumping that one. I think that what matters is, is that people just don't think they have what people want. And I think that unless you see Amazon with its order of 100,000 EV saying, you know what, we're switching over to Ford. What happens is people just say, look, it's going to be Tesla. Uh, Tesla, BMW tried. They haven't been able to. Mercedes tried. Ford's tried. GM's tried. And Tesla doesn't need any advertising. What does that say? 
Yeah. So I know that this, the uh, shorts feel, I mean, when I say that I like Tesla, I get a lot of hate mail. Uh, I do this thing with Rob Moore. I'm doing that. He's a Tesla podcast guy who's the guy who asks questions on the Tesla call, doing one today. And what I'm shocked is, is that people don't, 3,500 is not anywhere near what a lot of people are using. And it, it's, you know, they're using substantially higher, David. Higher. higher. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, it is worth, Carl, just mentioning the stock is up 403%. This year, uh, and it is quickly approaching yeah. a $400 billion market value, Oof. which will take it right up there. I mean, only below sort of the top five, six that I can think of uh, in terms of market value, right? Bigger than just around J&J. It's right just around the size of J&J, at, which is a $400 billion company. By the way, we talked about momentum uh, and Apple also seeing that up almost another 3% ahead of that 4 for one stock split, uh, uh, Carl. Uh, momentum is extraordinary in this name. $2.13 trillion market value for Apple. And the pieces, remember, I mean, as Joe Curtin was talking about this morning, the piece price target is here. Uh, but I do think that this is the first time I've heard point blank. It's a great technology company that's a consumer product story that has a, a renewable theme. And I've been after the uh, Tim Cook uh, endlessly to be able to say, listen, can't we say it's Procter & Gamble on steroids, so to speak? And it's just got a great product. People love it. It's got an ecosystem. And look, I, I think that's kind of the shorthand of what she's doing. An ecosystem is worth a considerable amount. Another one that we should be talking about, a couple of big price target boosts for, for Facebook. And here we go again. And you know, Facebook's got new products. Facebook is, uh, I think that Whoa, look at this thing. Reels is the next big thing. Jeffries goes from 300 to 310. Uh, City, 275 to 315. And once again, Mark Zuckerberg totally consistent, saying, listen, he just wants TikTok separated by the party. I don't know why this isn't a story. I know he believes that Microsoft will be able to do it without a problem. So it's a kind of a narrative that, that's it's another one of those full of sound and fury signifying nothing Shakespearean narratives. Jim, is the, the narrative of record highs, right, mm -hmm. and the incredible performance and rebound of the stock market colliding with we're now in week four of those enhanced unemployment benefits being gone? I mean, is that is that less urgent because of any of this? Well, the, there's a lot of news. Uh, I mean, Goldman had a piece today. Jan Hatzi is saying unemployment's coming down quickly. Talking about 10 percent at the end of the year. 10 percent is still very high. Uh, there's a. I've calculated that there's about 10 million jobs at stake if you decide that you're not going to be able to open bars, restaurants, uh, and hotels won't do well. I think Airbnb, big winner here, by the way. Uh, and, and those 10 million jobs are not being addressed. Uh, those people have nothing to do. But Hotsius is talking about how, look, there's, there, was a, there was tight unemployment before, and these people are going to come back and be something else. Uh, I, I think that those are the people who are most at risk and somebody should be doing something. But the Democrats and Republicans obviously are not capable of reaching any conclusion. David, you missed what I thought was the beginning of the Republicans seemingly no longer a unified party about trying to do something to help the worker. Uh, and what was the outcome? Well, Mnuchin came in high and dry. I thought yeah. that Secretary Mnuchin was be able to do a deal with with Nancy Pelosi, Speaker Pelosi. But. I think that there's they, just a lot of belief that there's no deal. and that They are very stuck on that, on that huge gap in aid to, uh, to state and, uh, and municipalities. Uh, totally. States. I mean, you know, the Democrats at what, like one trillion, maybe a little <laughs> over a trillion, and the administration at about $150 billion. 
Right, but the states are broke, but then the states are supposed to pony up the $100 to match the Fed's $300. Right, in terms of the uh, advance, right, the additional unemployment right. benefit, yeah. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking about w- which municipal bonds you have to tell people not to buy. And uh, I don't think that Speaker Pelosi's dead wrong, but I thought that there was something in between $1 trillion and $3 trillion. There would I mean, seem just, to I, be. I took yeah. that class. The Remember number that would class? be, it would seem to be closer to $2 trillion. Yeah. Uh, the states and, and, and municipalities are suffering. It's across the board. It's not necessarily a red or blue issue. They have made it out to be one about shoring up pension funds, but there are plenty of pension funds in, in more Republican-controlled states that are in a difficult position right. as well as some of the big Democratic states, no doubt about it. I mean, Illinois, New Jersey. But it's interesting that we've gotten nowhere, Jim, and yet the market continues to chug ahead. We're up right. almost 6% now for the year on the S&P. And obviously, the NASDAQ comp is just incredible. Well, Having one of winners. its best years, up 27.5%. But what are you going to do? These are companies that when uh, Mark Benioff says you're not going to come back to the office until July 31st of next year, and he's got Work.com, which is one of the best programs I've seen for how to bring back people, then, well, what does that mean? It means that anybody who doesn't have Zoom is going to have to have Zoom. It means that you're going to have to redo that office at home. That's why one of the, one of the things that's been helping the home builders is that they've been putting offices in homes. I mean, they're not dummies. They're, they're not like the old days where they just keep yeah. making the same house over and over again, Carl. <laughs> they've got some houses yeah. that make it so no, I, you can't I, I, stay I, in New York. I was reading a, a magazine this weekend, a bunch of architects on a roundtable saying that people are asking for, even on open plans, open floor plans, places you can close off to have an office or a meeting, space for the storage of dry food, uh, space for additional freezers. So it's changing the way we live. By the way, Jim, you mentioned Zoom, uh, and they are on the tape saying they've received reports of users unable to visit the website, unable to start and join meetings today. Uh, they're investigating that issue. But we'll watch ZM today. Uh, uh, well, that's unfortunate. I mean, yeah, there's look, this system is completely over. <laughs> the system is not built for this. I, if you take a look at what Fastly's done, which is a company that got a very nice push today. I happen to like Fastly, FSLY. It's a it's a, 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 a stock that is uh, very controversial because it has such a high multiple. But the word on Fastly is, look, a Ray J's defending it, saying goes to 100. That you need to have somebody with a better content delivery system. I had Akamai on last week. They have an old favorite of the uh, uh, of the people, the yes, activists. Yes. And they're saying, look, we're ready. Uh, we're, we're able to move all the all that you want, including all the new ancillary things that are that people are just oh my god they're just mad to have them. Chiefly, video games, which I guess there's no hour. Do people? Here's a good question. A, a little poll: Are people playing video games while they're working at their firm? Because nobody can tell what the hell you're doing, right? I mean, you're on a Zoom forty-person call. Do you think? I mean, to me, you're playing. You're playing Grand Theft Auto, aren't you? Playing Grand Theft. David, aren't you? I don't know, not having been a Red Dead Redemption, a, a, a video game aficionado. I'm, unfortunately, I'm just probably looking at Twitter, which is really more, probably even more of a waste of time. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, God. Totally. Do you think NBA 2K? I'm reading, I'm reading Carl's tweets. He's always informing me about something. My <laughs> wife, Carl, says all you got to do is watch you, so that you have some popular knowledge. Because she always criticized me that the only thing I know is the stock market. She says, "Why don't you follow Carl?" I said, "I've been." How many uh, Gershwin, Cole Porter or Shakespeare references do we each have? I would say, Jim, you're in the lead on that. I don't know. You're the top, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Jim, let's let's get your take on AstraZeneca today. Of course, uh, the FT over the weekend saying that the U.S. is considering fast tracking uh, that vaccine candidate out of the U.K. in coordination with Oxford. Fortune today says AstraZeneca says we've had no conversations. Uh, but how significant is it, Jim? Well, look, I, I think that uh, there's a, I was surprised that the president just wanted to do that one and not others. I know. I mean, there's certainly uh, two American companies that are ready. I think Pfizer's very close. Very good article in Stat today about Pfizer. Please don't send me bad email about Stat. They do it in pieces. The one that I am surprised about is Regeneron. I think their cocktail, their monoclonal antibody cocktail, they are in trials right now. Uh, I am surprised, for instance, that the NFL, which is obviously having a little problem, um, should just go and everyone should get this antibody. I, I, I think if you don't want to do that, if you want, but I want the antibody test. They're not offering it to people who are not at risk. But, yeah. David, antibodies is something you've spoken about endlessly, that that's really the frontier, not the vaccine. Well, it can be. I've actually spoken about the antiviral specifically. Yes. The Merck drug in particular is the one that I'm most aware of that continues to move forward, although more slowly. I think there's some difficulty in rolling people for some of these trials. Well, Regeneron, and by the too, way, same thing. And Regeneron and People. You know, the journal devoted a lot of time, I think it was the journal, uh, to uh, to Lilly and Regeneron over the weekend and a story about these monoclonal right. antibodies, which really are just a souped up version of this plasma thing that that now, you know, you're going to potentially get. I think mean, I think 70,000 people have been uh, at least treated to a certain extent by the by the pla- the convalescent plasma. It's helping, but it's it's already out there. Yeah, so, been- you know, we still have a still have a problem. We still have a, a thousand people dying every day. But um the monoclonal antibody trials are important. Don't forget, though, Jim, there is some question in terms of manufacturing. You know, you can manufacture perhaps tens of thousands of, of doses a month. That's not going to be enough. Regeneron That's not going to be enough. And it's got to be infused. You know, it's, it's, you've got to be infused. I mean, it's a needle. Regeneron tells me they can do a million. Uh, a month? No, a year. They can do a million. A million a year? Well, but it's for what? people already sick. Uh, yeah, all right. Well, you just want to give it to people like random no, people? No, right. You're not going to do it prophylactic. You're no. not. Well, but it could and you're be not going to do it for people who are just a little bit sick, most likely. Right. Right. I think that it's one of those things that you want to have it. Certainly, it lets, you know, heaven forbid you get the disease. Right. I think you say, hey, listen, doc, how about uh, some of that? Again, I come back to more of the oral antiviral. We'll see where you can take it potentially even prophylactically if you know you've been exposed to somebody who has Well, that's has the, the holy virus. grail, David. That's the holy grail. That's what we've got to focus on to some extent beyond, obviously, vaccines, where there are going to be a lot of questions. You know that. Is it safe? Is it going to be effective? How effective will it be? The anti-vaxxers won't take it. How many people will? How many people are actually going to, you know, when do we get to herd immunity? How are we going to manufacture it and get enough doses out there to inoculate the planet? Well, I don't know. I mean, Carl, you and I are both hung up. I don't think it's... You know right now when David said that it's a Dustin Hoffman reference, right? Is it safe? I mean, what's he doing? He's a marathon man, right? Exactly. Exactly. And it's not just the anti-vaxxers this time, David, when the president on Saturday accuses the deep state at the FDA that that creates instability Mm. and confidence, whether you like vaccines or not. No doubt. Uh, I don't know what you do with that. And, and, you know, you're going to get it from both sides now. You're going to get it from those who believe the process has been changed to to uh, to come up with a candidate and a vaccine more quickly than should be the case in terms of the safety protocols that would typically be in place, Carl. And then you're going to also have those who are just opposed to them as well. So, you know, yeah, uh, we've got a lot of questions there. At the same time, we want them to move as fast as is humanly possible. 
Right. And, you know, the trials, Jim, are, are, are something of an issue, getting everybody enrolled, because you you've got to do very large trials. It's very hard to get 30,000. J&J needs 30. Everyone needs 30. And by the way, we want them in hotspots. Right. Like, how good is it in New York? You have to like, find a hotspot. No. And now there's declining number of hotspots. So it is a very difficult situation. I know we have Guys, uh, we continue to watch the melt-up in tech, although all sectors are doing pretty well today. Let's get to Bob Bassani. Hey, Bob. Morning, guys. Happy Monday. Uh, yeah, good start. Three to one, advancing to declining stocks. That's excellent. But once again, there is a, that disparity between tech, consumer discretionary led by Amazon and really everything else. Just take a look at the, how we opened here today. Yes, new high uh, on Apple and technology is leading overall. Consumer discretionary as well. Energy is a little more flat. Uh, banks flattish and healthcare kind of flattish as well. So look, <laughs> that's a pretty big outperformance on the part of technology. Treatment and vaccine is really dominating the headlines this morning and why we're up so much. And you can see this in the travel and leisure stocks. Anytime you get some good news on treatment or vaccines, travel and leisure stocks tend to move on the upside here. So you can see these moves up for Carnival and United and Hyatt and Delta, all those travel and leisure names. In terms of what's moving the markets, it's pretty clear today uh, that the emergency use authorization that would allow the use of uh, blood plasma from patients who've recovered from COVID as a treatment. That's helping here. Uh, Also considering fast-tracking that AstraZeneca and Oxford University study. We've got some lower rates of infections in the U.S. So there's good news on treatment of vaccine. The reopening, I mean, the market believes that wholesale lockdowns are now unlikely, even if there are flare-ups out there. Not a lot of good news on stimulus. We're in the September on the talks there. Uh, But over the weekend, a lot of discussion about what the economic recovery looks like. Not a U, not a V, but a K-shaped, where white collar and the tech workers are continuing to work. And the blue collar workers are facing more unemployment and displacement from continuing automation. That makes a lot of sense. and goes away towards explaining that Wall Street mainstream uh, disparity we've been talking about uh, for so long. In terms of where we are in the markets, the internals of the market, we're at new highs, but I wasn't terribly impressed with what was going on last week. The breadth was rather poor. The advanced decline line was actually negative on a number of days. The volume, well, it's seasonally on the low side here. Valuations, we've been talking about 2021 estimates, 20 and 21 times 2021 estimates. Those are really stretched valuations here. New highs last week, I struggled to see 5% in the S&P at new highs with the S&P itself at a new high. You want a little bit better new high list in terms of uh, 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 market strength overall here. So a quarter of the index is within 10% of a 52-week high. We'll see if we get that. Uh, in the next couple of days. How is it possible that you have this with the markets at new highs? There's unimpressive internals here, and you get it because uh, the dominance of technology. There is the uh, equal weighted uh, uh, S&P 500, that white line in the last week, and you see how it's moving down. That's equal weights, all 500 stocks in the S&P, and that orange line is the S&P 500, which is market cap weighted. You see how underperforming that equal weighted S&P has been compared to the market cap weighted S&P. And that means that technology stocks, that small group of mega cap names are continuing uh, to dominate uh, the market here. And it's happening again today. You you got a new high on Apple, but not only have a new high on Apple, you have a new high on all the big mega cap names here. We're talking, of course, Microsoft and Amazon and all of the uh, the, the big tech names and semiconductors uh, as well. So in, unless you find some way to sort of break out of that disparity, you have this weird scenario of Overall, a great looking market. And yet underneath the hood, a lot of stuff is continuing to underperform. Carl, back to you. All right, Bob. Thanks. See you a little while. Uh, Bob Pisani. Take a quick break here. Take a, some, uh, take a look at some of the names that are leading the Dow. Don't really need to tell you the top one. Apple is followed by Dow, Boeing and Disney. We're back in just a moment. 
I would be prepared to do whatever it takes to save lives because we cannot get the country moving until we control the virus. That is the fundamental flaw of this administration's thinking to begin with. In order to keep the country running and moving and the economy growing and people employed, you have to fix the virus. You have to deal with the virus. So if the scientists say, shut it down? I would shut it down. I would listen to the scientists. That's the Democratic presidential nominee on ABC last night. And on a related note today, two airlines making some COVID-related headlines. Uh, American reportedly receiving EPA approval to use a new surface coating that kills the virus within two hours and is effective for up to seven days. Meantime, Jim Delta set to reinstate some international flights uh, this winter, including uh, Seattle, Tokyo, Seoul, Beijing, Shanghai. We're going to watch that. Well, these are very important because uh, you can't really go anywhere uh, in Europe uh, because of the quarantine. Uh, these are interesting because Shanghai apparently is open for business, uh, bars and restaurants uh, like nothing's happened. You know, uh, the, the, the Vice President Biden's comments about letting the scientists have such sway, I think the scientists would shut down the economy for a long time. Why? Because we really don't know much about this virus, even after all this time. I do believe that we know endlessly that social distance and masks can make a big difference. And shutting down the economy would be a disaster. Uh, this is not a Republican or Democratic view. I think it's just a view which just says when we shut down the economy, we risk a depression. Uh, which is why what I would have liked it so that we had some sort of uniform thing. Sometimes I feel like the war is like, hey, they bombed Pearl Harbor, Nebraska. What are you going to do about it? No, man, they took out the they took out whole areas of the of the southeast, the Japanese. And what do we do? Well, hold it. Let's go to the state of Washington. I mean, there is a kind of a craziness about this. But, Carl, I, I, I do believe that everyone realizes that mass and social distance have been the main reason why the numbers have been coming down. So I thought Biden's comments were very, very out of sync with what's happening in the country. Oh, hopefully it doesn't come to that, Jim. And yeah. to your point, uh, lowest new daily case count really since uh, mid-July or so. Yeah. Take a break here. A little bit more Squawk on the Street as we have a few more minutes with Jim in a moment. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. There's been stocks that just won't quit, Carl. And, and Dollar General is one of those. Why? Because they're essential. They have food and because they're inexpensive. And uh, this stock, with Raymond James pulls it, uh, pushes it, reaffirms strong buy. I suspect that the stock goes up again today. That chart you keep seeing is the chart of companies that do better in a pandemic than don't. And I think Dollar General is one of those companies. I just think a recession, a pandemic means buy Dollar General and it's going to work. What can I say? It's the way of the world. Wow. Fascinating, Jim. Uh, what do you got on Mad tonight? Well, OK, so I have Palo Alto of the report. I have Fiserv. And then the big get, I can't believe I got Dr. Jonathan Cohen from Bioreference Labs. You know that the NFL is saying that there have been a lot of tests that were done that perhaps were uh, not correct because they have a lot of people who were found to be uh, positive for COVID. And I think Bioreference did, did NBA. Uh, let's find out. This is the big story for both ESPN and for CNBC. Yeah, I'm just looking at uh, the Dolphins now announcing fan capacity 13,000 for their home opener. So we're going to figure we're going to see how they work logistics. Yeah, the Cowboys are going to have I mean, when the Eagles play the Cowboys, is it fair? I mean, we got I'm not throwing any batteries, by the way. That's the old days. I mean, it's, yeah, we're away from that. <laughs> You guys were legendary. Uh, it's nice to have all three of us back. I'll tell you that. It's fantastic. Great to see everybody. Yep.
We'll see you tonight, Jim. Yes, Mad Money, of course, uh, 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.